You're a man. You're a father. You're a brother. You're a son. You're a husband. You are a man. But in today's culture and society, what does that mean? How can you live an absolutely fulfilling life, maintain a passionate, intimate relationship, be a good dad, be the nice guy everyone expects you to be, and still be all you want to be as a man? In this podcast, we explore everything it means to be the best version of yourself as a man and still fulfill all the roles you want to fulfill with strength, courage, mastery, and honor. We are a tribe of awakened men. Here's your host, Scott Landis, and this is Husband on Fire. That's cheesy, Daddy. Scott, here we are again, another episode of the Husband on Fire podcast. Yes, and I'm excited because I haven't had you as uh, as as an intro oh. on all of them. So yes. there's been a few that I've been on my own and it's been lonely. I'm sorry. But I'm so glad to have you here, Gunnar. I'm excited. I just was like, you know, listening to the intro of the podcast. I mean, how did you just select that music? I mean, I just get lost in it. I'm just kind of feeling it, man. What's... What's the significance of the song that you chose? I'm glad to hear you say that. You know, it's uh, the only thing that's significant about that song is my son really helped me put it together. Nice. So it has a little bit of a special place in my heart because yeah. of that. But really, I just went on GarageBand and you know, <laughs> I, I did a little tweaking. Yeah. Um, he literally made most of the directive decisions. Really? I was sort of the more the technician. I'm like, oh, how, how do you think about this, Skylar? He's like, well, let's let's try that instead I'm like okay pretty much all the decisions on the yeah. on how it kind of came out were yeah. his wow and I just kind of went with it how cool is that so you've got a joint effort with your son mm-hmm. and it's something you constructed on GarageBand yes that's like the coolest thing in the world yeah and then um, the the little thing at the end with my daughter my youngest yeah. uh, I love that I played it so Skylar and I made it together yeah. and then I had the whole family sit down and <laughs> I casted it onto the TV and um, and uh, there was silence in the room. Oh no! And my daughter said, "That's cheesy, Daddy." Oh no! And I'm like, "Oh, I want that in yeah, there." I, so love, I, I had, love it. I had Brenda record that. I love the fact that your first response was like, <laughs> I, "I I want that in the I want that in the podcast." Right. That says everything right there. I love it. And so that the music. I mean, you know, who needs Home Depot? We're gonna go to like a father son. Let's go change the oil on the car. Let's go, you know, work on the engine in the car. No, let's just go build a podcast. Yeah. Let's go to the Garage Band and do a song. I love it. I love it. Hey, you've been having some great interviews on the podcast, you know, so far. Yeah. I mean, what's it been like for you launching this thing? It's been incredible. And in fact, let's see. We are on. We've done seven, uh, five episodes two bonus so seven yeah. total episodes the one we're teeing up today is the number six yeah and wow. it's been a really cool experience you know i last year i did uh i kind of produced the podcast for my wife tanya yeah. on her um triumphant Tom, yeah. by tanya landis podcast um and and you know so i had some experience with the the back end yeah. but you know to to do my own podcast i didn't really have yeah much of a desire to do that um until 
somebody just, I mean, a few people in a row just said, you should yeah. do a podcast because it'd be a great way to get your stuff out to more guys. So What's it like the power of three? They say like the, yeah. the number three, I think it was three things three. in a row and it's like, ah, oh, I better listen to this, right? Mm-hmm. And was it three times and you were in? Yeah, I mean, definitely by the third time, maybe it was more, but by the third yeah. time I was uh, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I, think that, I think for me in my life, it's just, there's been several things that it's, it's just, it wasn't just three times. I think it was like, you know, 47 years of times. <laughs> so at some point, I'm going to figure this out, right? Yeah. No, I love it. So today, this sounds like a great, great interview. What's uh, what's on the docket for today? Yeah, so I got to interview episode? Jed Jerchenko. Yeah. He's, um, he's probably um, in this space of talking to husbands, maybe the most qualified that I've had the opportunity wow. to interview. Yeah. Um, he's not super famous yet, but he's yeah. written a lot of books, so he's probably on his way up. Good. He, uh, he runs a... Um, his Facebook group is called Joyfully Married, uh, does that with his wife, and That's he's, um, like I said, had several books out, and the most recent is a 30-day challenge. Wow. Um, let me get the title on that. Uh, yeah, I think it's actually just that Joyfully Married. Um, Love it. About a 30-day challenge um, that's just mm-hmm. released. You can find them on on uh, his Facebook page, Joyfully wow. Married. And you're talking about, and you're really talking about focusing in on communication. Yeah. Is that right? Kind of creating that spark. Yeah, you know? he, he, he kind of focuses on creating connection. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think communication is part of it. But he wants to see in his practice, he's a, um, he's a therapist, yeah. uh, marriage therapist. Um, and uh, he, in his practice, he focuses on bringing couples closer in connection. That's I his love thing. It. I love it. had a little a brief moment of pause there for a moment here. A little alarm going off here. I think that alarm was from our sponsor today it's a sponsor alert yeah. what was our first sponsor what was that that was a we had like bear meat or something <laughs> no it was, it was brownie towels brownie towels well, i'll tell you what brownie we can get, make a run on brownie towels right now paper towels they're not yeah. toilet paper yeah but um but yeah that's right bear meat i'm not yeah. i'm not sure where bear meat went but we have the alarm that's going off it must be the uh what are we talking about connection today right yeah so i'm thinking that the uh brought to you by velcro velcro Velcro, and you had the lovely idea that Velcro should be made in camo. Is that? Yeah, because you know the more manly Velcro, the better. Yes. So camo, camo Velcro. Yes, and it has to be like when it sticks together, when it when it like and when it un, you know, you just peel it off. It just it emits the aroma of beef jerky. Oh, <laughs> wouldn't that be great? <laughs> that you just described that so well. Like um, I envision like emits high light. Yeah. So that and and so that you you just see the yeah. the dust off of yeah, it I mean, and it smells like beef jerky. You get like a hundred men together, right? I mean, mm-hmm. this is just the stuff that dreams are made of. Yeah. Velcro, camo, and beef jerky. Yeah. Which and you know, as we were talking earlier about you know when I was uh, just out of high school, I had a job at um, I will say this time a local um, a beef jerky making plant. Okay. They actually make beef jerky somewhere. It's yeah. like briquettes, like charcoal briquettes. Uh-huh. Who makes those? Yeah, I mean, they just, they just show up, right? <laughs> but I, I made beef jerky at the age of 18 and then in this big, huge factory in this warehouse. And I saw things that I I don't ever want to see. I can't unsee. Uh-huh. I haven't had a lot of beef jerky since then. Anyway, but yeah. I rabbit trail, squirrel. A lot of times at the end of the <laughs> podcast, it has a... A cow mooing. Did you okay. ever hear that sound at the no. beef turkey place? No, no, no. But you know, I probably saw, heard the sound of you know 
men puking. Oh, <laughs> from so much anyway, jerky? Oh, so much jerky and the stuff that goes into jerky. Okay, we'll just stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> but as a real man. <laughs> that being said, today's brought to you by Velcro. Camo infused Velcro that emits the aroma of beef jerky. So, I'm, I'm amazed by how much money we're making by these sponsorships. I know, we totally <laughs> I mean, Velcro, as if there's a Velcro brand, right? Which would be fantastic. You can buy the stocks, buy low. Um, so, but, you know, with that, we've got a great conversation that, that you had with Jed today. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you say we just jump right in? Let's do it. All right, welcome to the Husband on Fire podcast. I'm Scott Landis. I'm here with Jed Jurchenko. And Jed is a, what are you, a therapist, licensed therapist? What's your title? I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. But I am. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. Um, I'm an author, working on some speaking right now, and really just having a lot of fun seeing how this is all coming together. Good. You are married to Jenny, have six girls in the house, four biological, two foster, and then there's uh, another cat that uh, happens to be female too. So you are a man in a woman's world. I am seriously outnumbered, and I can almost guarantee that I've watched more Barbie movies than you have. Wow, and that's saying something, because I have two daughters, and I've watched plenty of Barbie movies. My wife, uh, as a grown-up uh, Barbie-holic, finally, I finally got her to get rid of her big black plastic bag of old Barbies from when she was a kid. I think, I think she got rid of them. I haven't seen them for a while, but man, that's a lot of Barbie you've been watching. <laughs> you might be my Barbie competition. You and I could sit down and talk Barbie <laughs> together. Not that we would necessarily want to, but I think. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not say we did. <laughs> Got enough of that at home, right? So you are the founder of a Facebook group called Joyfully Married. And um, anybody that wants to get in touch with you and uh, connect with you, that's where to find you on Facebook, Joyfully Married Facebook group. That's a, a public group, I imagine, right? Absolutely. So public group, you've got to request an invite okay. really except just about anybody we're just trying to make it different from the marriage groups that are out there which was jenny's idea and she said jen i'm a part of parenting groups step parenting groups and so often as we go through those just the conversation leans towards the negative you know husband bashing wife bashing somebody with a problem and it almost turns into yeah, I have that. Oh, and my problem is bigger. <laughs> Focusing on all the good things in the mm -hmm. relationship. And so really trying to acknowledge that, yes, problems exist. But there's also so much to celebrate in the here and now, in the midst of those problems. So instead of saying, oh, here's the issue. We've got to work on it. Resolve it. Okay, that's done. Next issue, next problem. And just getting sucked in this pattern of connecting by solving problems it's really saying let's take a minute to breathe let's celebrate the good stuff that we have because it's there we just got to break out of that tunnel vision to find it nice i love that yeah there's a lot of uh uh problem competition out there enough of that right so i love that so that that's why it's called joyfully married you're focused on the good stuff finding 
um, kind of extrapolating, but finding the silver lining in all of uh, the stuff in relationship. Is that right? Absolutely. Well, and as a therapist, there's, you know, two primary ways to grow. One is to, you know, find what's not working and say, okay, we've got to fix it. The other extreme is to say, well, let's find what's working and mm. let's build on that. Let's do more of that. And so that's like really the focus is to say, man, where are we winning? And then how do we magnify that and double it and triple it? Fantastic. Well, you mentioned you're an author. You have several books out. Uh, the, the, the one that people tend to gravitate to is the 131 Creating... What is that? I can't read my own writing. Creating what? It's 131 Creative Conversations for Couples. 131 create, Creative Conversations for Couples. Yeah. So really simple book filled with conversation starters. And part of the idea came from when Jenny and I were dating. We got a conversation starter book, worked through the questions one by one. I took it to the beach on dinner dates, out to coffee, and really just had fun engaging and connecting with one another. At some point I thought, oh, it'd be fun to write one of those myself. So really just fun, um, goofy, and a couple serious conversations just to help couples connect. Really kind of a quick win book. That's great. Uh, so real practical book, uh, that's a good tip. Uh, so can you think of like, what's a, an example of a powerful question in that in that book that gets conversation going. Ooh, I think one of my favorite is just that simple one of if you could grant your partner a superpower, what one would it be and why? I love that. So you, but you don't get to grant yourself the superpower. You have to grant your your partner the the superpower. I love that. Yeah. So how would you answer that? What would you? Uh, I, I don't know. Um, you know, my perverted mind goes into something pretty sexual. So I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm thinking, wow, what could my wife do in a superpower way? <laughs> a lot of different ways you could go with that question, huh? Yeah, I like that. Uh, I, I, would let, I would let my wife have the superpower of, of having all the time in the world that she needs. Seems like she never has enough time for stuff. I think she would appreciate that one. That's a good one. I was thinking with Jenny, something about freezing time or yeah. flash speed. We were just having the conversation before this, trying to coordinate schedules and trying to figure out how to be in three places at once. So. So you have um, a couple new things coming up, a new book and a new workbook. What's coming up? Yeah, so the one I'm especially excited about is called Joyfully Married, so after the Facebook group. Cool. And it's a 30-day challenge for couples. Really built around, I'm calling it the domino effect. I heard your webinar. I heard you use the, the term compound effect, so same idea. Mm -hmm. um, idea with the domino effect is I just learned this last week. Do you know um, domino apparently like if you have a chain can knock down a domino 1.5 times bigger than itself. Right. So, you know, one inch domino will knock down a one inch, what, what is it? One and a half inch domino, you know, which can knock down, I think the three inch domino, but it keeps mm -hmm. going. 
Yeah. And hit domino number 31, and that's going to take out like any skyscraper. Love it. But really that idea of exponential growth and how can we take that and apply that to relationships? So it's one simple challenge every single day to connect, to become more joyfully married, and uh, really just to get that positive momentum going. Nice. And um, so how many books total do you have? So this will be number 21. Wow. And you were the one who I got the term airplane reads from, right? That was you. Yeah, yeah. Airplane books. I've got a short Airplane books. Span. Um, uh -huh. Got a three-year-old with a very short attention span. Love to read, but whenever I read today, like I know I've got a good three minutes on like a good day before she's over there tugging at my pant leg. Right. Like there's got to be other parents out there like that. Yeah. They Jed, make it personable, make it engaging, keep it short because I've got a family, I've got work, I've got life. And so airplane book is really something short enough that if you're going on an airplane flight, you could probably finish it by the time your flight's over. Mm-hmm. Wow. So maybe, maybe next level would be bathroom book. Like what, what I can get through this book while I'm on the, on the pot. <laughs> I just need five, 10 minutes, kids. I'm going to read a book. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so far I'm just uh, really loving like all the practical stuff you have for our guys that are out there listening to this podcast. Um, you know, one of the things that makes this a community, we, we call it the awakened man community. Uh, the guys that are, uh, well, I've got a, a Facebook group, awakened man community. I think you're, are you in that group? I don't know. If I'm not, I need to be. Okay, I'll make sure to send you an invite. Yeah. I'd love to be in that group. Cool. Yeah, so the Awakened Man community is uh, where I'm uh, wanting to get a bunch of guys connected, link arms, so that we can talk about the, the stuff that men uh, deal with. Uh, a lot of it's relationship. A lot of it's like what it is to be a man in today's society, um, you know, uh, th there's uh, there's a lot of pushback on masculinity uh, in the mainstream culture, and we want to be uh, representing what what uh, masculinity is all about. <clears throat> so we talk about that stuff, talking about being the best version of yourself as a as a husband, as a father, as a man. You know, we talk a lot about morning routines and per high performance routines. So that's the Awaken Man community. Um, and I love to ask this question of anybody on my show. Uh, what is your definition of an awakened man? Of course, there's no wrong answer. Uh, I think everybody has a different take on what that means to them. But for you, what's, uh, what comes to mind when I say, what's an awakened man to you, Jen? Scott, I love that question. I think my answer is evolving. So if you would have asked me and in my 20s, what's an awakened man? You know, I would have said it is mountain biking, skydiving, running on the beach, um, surfing, you know, going out with the guys. And really, the more of that I did, the more I was like, yes, you know, I'm an awakened man. Because that's really where my heart goes as a guy. And mm -hmm. when I think of like the perfect weekend, if I've got a weekend to myself, I'm out running on the beach or doing something adventurous. Now that's changed a little bit now because 
one, I really love my family. And mm -hmm. if I have the choice, I can't wait to get home to them. Mm. There's still that piece that tugs at my heart that says, hey, you've got to get out and do something exciting and adventurous. And so I think it's really that balance. Mm -hmm. Right years ago, um, typically girls are good at doing conversation, doing relationships face-to-face -face, and totally see that, see that with mm -hmm. my wife where loves coffee, loves dinner, loves just sitting down and having those face-to-face -face conversations. But guys love to do them side-by-side. -side. Mm. And that really resonated with me. You know, when I feel awakened, alive, it's when I'm out running, preparing for the next marathon, mm. out hunting with the guys or father-in-law, which um, never did before I went to Minnesota. And there's not a lot of conversation in hunting. Like it's a pretty quiet <laughs> feel. Right. So like after going out hunting with the guys, I'm like, okay, I feel connected to you and to nature and the world in a way that I didn't beforehand. Mm. And so for me, as a uh, husband, dad of six girls, it's finding that balance. It's finding that balance with work, with not getting caught up in this never-ending cycle of productivity. But then now learns only <clears throat> time you hit your level. And then it's okay, what can you hit the next time? What can you hit the next mm. time? Family the same way, want to be there for my kids but also want to see them do stuff on their own and to succeed without dad being a helicopter parent all the time. Sure. And then also want to do those things that I love so that I can come home energized and enthusiastic for my family. And so for me, I think that awakened man is finding a way to balance all three of those being there for family, being there for work, but also mm -hmm. things that are just energizing and exciting because I know like with my wife Jenny when she goes out and sees Downton Abbey with her girlfriends and comes back excited and fired up mm -hmm. one I'm so glad that she went with her girlfriends to see that, <laughs> <laughs> that right. a win. but two she comes back excited mm -hmm. and that's just fun to see yeah I'm sure it's the same way you know but she'll tell me Jed go hunting mm-hmm not necessarily because it wouldn't be helpful, you know, to have me home with six kids, but she knows I'm going to come back excited and energized. And there's almost going to be that renewed connection when we're together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what I see in really the awakened man in this stage of life. Cool. Yeah. I love that. I think one of the things that's so important in relationships, I'd love to get your take on it. Um, are you familiar with Esther Perel? I don't think I've heard the name before. So um, she's one of my uh, go-to um, thought leaders on on this topic. But she she wrote a couple books. One of them, "Mating in Captivity," is I think one of her best-selling books. But um, got this concept of this separateness from her. Like you know, we have to have you know, if there's too much closeness, if there's too much oneness uh, in a relationship that leaves uh, a lack of desire, a lack of attraction, um, a lack of uh, passion and uh, erotic. And to, in order to cultivate that, one of the first things we want to see couples do 
is, you know, find that separateness, find that. And that's what I think you're just like, you are illustrating so well of, you know, you've got your own things and that putting some distance. I mean, if you think about two magnets, right, you know, you pull, you put them, you pull them apart enough just to that place where the, they could snap back, but you know, there's tension there and that, that can be a powerful force in a long-term monogamous relationship, especially. I love that. I love the illustration with the magnets and I know for me, it keeps it exciting Mm -hmm. as much as I don't want to go see Downton Abbey. (laughs) <laughs> fun listening to her talk about it sure like tell me for five minutes and just seeing her light up and excited mm-hmm. and talking about her time with the girls mm-hmm. and, uh, i know the same's true for jenny as much as she doesn't want to run a marathon you know she'll listen for a couple minutes to me talking about it and mm-hmm. just have fun because i'm having fun and so i yeah. think there really is a lot of value in that separateness and then coming back together and bringing something unique, something different. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, okay. Well, let's shift gears to relationship stuff. Um, how, how long have you been married? So Jenny and I just celebrated our seven year anniversary. Cool. And we are a blended family in every sense of the word. Um, we got two biological kids together. I was married once before and, um, we have my two daughters, Jenny's stepdaughters, and then our two foster kids. Wow, that's a great combination. So, um, so what? Uh, so seven years just just celebrated seven years. You said um, seven years, and we are more years than kids finally. So that's a win. <laughs> that's awesome. And uh, in your previous relationship, how long were you married there? We were married three years, so it was it was short and painful and a little bit of a train wreck. Yeah. What was the big thing lesson learned from that first one? You know, for me, the biggest lesson was that I needed to learn how to do relationships and learn Mm. how to do them well. Because I thought I knew how to do them. I grew up in a Christian home, was homeschooled the last two and a half years of high school. And at that time, the big book was Joshua Harris's book, The I Kiss Dating Goodbye. Hmm. The whole concept was, well, we shouldn't date, we should court. Hmm. It was around a homeschool community and co-op that really bought into that idea. Gotcha. Uh, In fact, it was kind of fascinating to, um, years later, have a one of the girls who I guess I had asked her to sit next to me at one of the formals. And she's like, Jed, I told you yes. And then I didn't do it because I was in the bathroom and two other girls came in and said, you can't do that. We don't do that here. So there was really Mm. this rigidity around relationships, dating. They're almost viewed as a dangerous thing. Interesting. When I got out of high school, I just had no clue how to connect. Mm-hmm. And so I went to college, went to seminary, you know, studied the Bible, studied relationships from a Christian perspective, picked up on a lot of good stuff. Hmm. I just didn't know what I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And so when things started coming up that I had no clue how to deal with, I was lost. Hmm. 
And um, this is part of the reason, part of my passion for this joyfully married group as I watched a lot of my homeschool friends flounder. Um, Joshua Harris, who wrote that I Kiss Dating Goodbye, nicest guy, is a couple years older than me, um, got to meet him in person. Hmm. And this year, his marriage just fell apart. And oh, man. To questioning his faith, um, just questioning everything. And so, wow. you know, my heart goes out to him. But before everything crumbled, he went back and he's just like, oh, guys, I didn't have it right with that. Interesting. And so really with my own daughters, like I'll joke and say, yeah, daddy's going to chaperone your first date when you're 30. So <laughs> yeah, amen. <laughs> right. And that's, that's internally, you know, what I want uh-huh. to tell you the truth. Like I'm going to be the dad who's pushing them to date in high school. Cause if they mess up, I want them to do it while I'm around. Mm, I like that. Almost to that mindset of, yep, now's the time to go out and get your heart broken. Now's the time to make mistakes. It's typically middle school, high school, not nearly as disastrous as those, you know, college or after college mistakes. Sure. Yeah, that's a good tip. Good parenting tip. How old uh, old's your oldest? So my oldest just turned 13. Okay. Got another 13-year-old on the way. So we're not dating yet, but as those uh-huh. high school years approach and it goes by quick. Yeah, for sure. That's the, that's the, our oldest is 15. It was right around there that <clears throat> we started having some, some interesting new challenges come up and <laughs> we, we've gotten through a lot of the hardest part um, with, uh, with the oldest, but now the middle child's right about there. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a challenging time. I think for any family, that junior high age, uh, into that freshman year of high school, it's a, it's a lot of ups and downs there. And we hear it sneaking in, you know, yeah. be at the birthday party and Jenny will come up and say, I need they're all down there talking about boys. I'm like, Oh, earmuffs. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> it's like, all right, you know what? It's good. They're interested. They're not too interested yet i know the day is coming so you know i'm working to mentally prepare internally prepare Mm -hmm. you know as much as there's part of me that says kissing dating goodbye would be easier Uh i'd rather have them learn how to date and learn how to connect in a healthy way now and to try to figure it out on their on their own Mm mm-hmm yeah, I did a recent um, podcast episode with a youth pastor uh, named Eric Lopez, and I, I specifically wanted him on the show to get this um, his insight on working with that population of uh, junior high and high school kids, um, you know, having the only experience being my oldest son. But, you know, looking at that, that group of of kids that are in that age range right now and working with uh, my, my work uh, is with the parents, you know, the demographic of the parents of those kids, right? I work with, you know, the 35 to 50 year olds who have those kids in school right now and they're challenged in relationship. And I'm more worried about that next generation that, uh, that you and I have there, those teenagers, because uh, it just seems like 
with with the uh, the the way culture and society is now, um, growing up with the internet, uh, never knowing a world of you didn't have the internet to connect. You know, um, I'm I'm not sure. I'm a little apprehensive about what's going to happen when they do go in their twenties and try to connect. So I think you know, hearing hearing your wisdom about um, you know, being real about it. Like, let's, let's, uh, let's have them make those mistakes. They're going to make those mistakes sometime in life. Let's have them do it while they're with us. Um, I don't know if we're, we're necessarily encouraging that, the, um, you know, why don't you go on another date? (laughs) But, um, but just to, just to be real about it and say, okay, these things are going to happen. Um, let's, let's try to, uh, keep the communication, uh, channels open let's try to be a safe place let's let's be encouraging let's be in their world um while they are in under our roof right absolutely well and i'm surprised how quick those conversations start to start to come up so yeah funny not funny story happened picking up my oldest daughter Uh and she says dad i just got this random text and she starts reading it and she says do you want to increase your penis peanut oh and i was like oh honey you just got spam (laughs) delete that because i'm like oh somebody's sending you viagra texts or you know something Uh you want to get that off of there yeah but for me in that moment i was just like okay one i've got to take a deep breath because (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> ever sending my 13 year old daughter you know that text um mm-hmm. not make me happy at all but i also want her to be able to say oh somebody just texted me this what do i do you know mm-hmm. whether it's something about you know enhancing your body parts or even inappropriate pictures i want her to be able to say dad look i got this mm-hmm. no she's not in trouble it's not a oh you're grounded oh we're taking your cell phone away Mm -hmm. oh you ended up on spam list just like everybody else does and so let me show you how to block the number let me show you how to delete it sure embarrassing it is yeah we'll talk about it we'll delete it together we'll block it and then we'll move on and just trying to find a way to open those honest conversations like you said with the internet there's a whole lot more information that comes at our kids whether we think they're safeguarded or not yeah, for sure. So for your experience, when you, you mentioned you didn't have any idea how to connect. So what was, and I, and I know that uh, you're, uh, you, you are about to um, do a conference for, for couples uh, coming up in, uh, I think he says April or May. Yeah, we have it coming up in March. So we're about March. a month and a half away. And so you have a conference coming up in March. You, your workbook that you are um, releasing in uh, February. Um, and <clears throat> I know that it has a lot to do with creating connections. So somewhere from back then when it was like, you know, uh, your, your high school and college years and, and uh, a short, marriage that didn't work out somewhere between there and in here you've figured out some things about connection what was the the big one give us the big one that um is probably the most profound that you discovered along the way maybe maybe um 
you know, the, the, um, the breakthrough moment when you are having no idea how to connect and then something like what was the aha moment sometime way back, not as your expertise right now, but when you, when you had that moment of breakthrough, maybe it was your twenties or thirties. I don't know. Yeah, no, I love that question. So my aha moment wasn't like a line or a phrase. It was really learning to become comfortable with connection. So it was mm. really an, almost an aha journey. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting because as somebody who didn't date and didn't know how to date, and somebody who quickly discovered that man, after high school and college, like dating even gets harder. Mm. So how am I going to figure out how to do this? How am I going to know what I want, what I don't want in a relationship? Uh, how am I going to be able to start making relationships that are not in the friend zone? Because that was great with that. Like I could be friends with anybody. Sure. How do I do a romantic relationship? And I had no clue. Uh -huh. Or the only clue I had was we're not kissing, dating goodbye. That doesn't work. <laughs> I actually went to the opposite extreme and mm -hmm. I was working an overnight job at the time and just ordered every dating and relationship book that I could find. You know, I found middle ground stuff by Henry Cloud and John Townsend. Mm -hmm. Then I even went and I was like, oh, Neil Strauss Harris, the game. Let's get that and read you know, as many books by him that I could bring out too. And uh -huh. just reading those books, I said, well, that's not what I want. I don't want to be the guy at the bus stop who's asking every woman, hey, will you sleep with me? And then actually scoring. And, did, um, did you learn uh, all the pickup skills, the pickup artist skills? You know, but it actually helped to look at a pickup artist. And I was like, oh, this is how you connect. You make eye contact. Mm. You know, this is how you connect. If you're interested in someone, no, you don't have to have a sexual convert, but you've got to let them know you're interested. Yeah. You, go, you can't do the, oh, no, we're just not talking about dating you know, um, relationships, any of that to, okay, how can I take this at a moderate level? We're not going to get gross. We're not going to get weird. We're not going to just bust out the question. Hey, do you want to come sleep over tonight? <laughs> Where that book goes. Mm -hmm. Taking some of those pickup skills or romantic skills and say, how can I integrate those in a healthy way? Right. Does that kind of and make sense? Yeah, and some of those, you, you probably uh, can use those current days with your wife. Like, I mean, is there anything from like that, that kind of pickup artist genre? Is there anything like that that you apply into your marriage today? Just curious. Yeah, absolutely. And um, this seems to be a theme in every book. So I don't remember if it's just the pickup artist or included in there. It probably is. Uh -huh. The whole idea of focus attention, turning towards the person. Mm. So I know even John Gottman has that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's one book that I read that talked about sticky eyes and that said if you really like the person, you're just gonna do the epoxy eyes. You're just, you know, your eyes are glued to them. <laughs> epoxy eyes, that's funny. And she said, you know, don't use it on everybody. And it's got to uh -huh. be the right setting, right place. But I remember one date while I was, which I, and I knew I liked her. And there were other people around us. 
and I was just honed in on her. Uh-huh. And um, apparently um, two ladies talking at the other table were trying to get our attention or something. Um, but finally, one of them taps Jenny on the shoulder. She's like, I've been trying to get your attention. By the way, he's really into you. I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, dude, there must be something to this because, you know, one, I felt like we were really connecting. Mm-hmm. And, and other people were looking and they're like, oh, he's really into her. Mm-hmm. And um, that's something that I want to convey. And so here's what I know from the psychology side, the therapy mm-hmm. side. Uh-huh. Things follow actions. And so it can feel fake to use a skill like epoxy eyes once you've been married mm-hmm. seven years because, man, you're not feeling that same rush of hormones that you felt on that first or second date. Mm-hmm. But those feelings come once you start doing it. And so it really is, I think, in some of these areas, okay to fake it till you make it. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. you're not date with your wife and you've been married and you do feel the stress of the day and the stress of the kids. And it's, you know, not that initial excitement when it's just the two of you and you're away and it's carefree. But then when I hone in on Jenny and just focus on her, some of that other stuff melts away. Mm-hmm. And then we start really connecting. I'm like, yes, this is good. Hmm. What would you said? Is there anything that still applies? I think it all does. Mm-hmm. So if there's, good. if there's a, if there's a guy listening and he knows he should be taking his wife out, right? He knows that she wants to go on a date, um, but maybe struggles with this finding the connection. Um, so he's going to try this. He's going to on the next date. He's going to take her out. He's going to sit across the table from her at the restaurant and he's going to do epoxy eyes. Or is there something else besides that that you think would be a good first step for him to start developing that connection? Maybe that, that he's lost over time. Is that the one or is there something else? Yeah. You know, I don't think there's a one set formula. I think it's knowing your spouse and Mm what she's going to appreciate um, chances are is probably that time away. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I don't know that I know anybody who doesn't like to be listened to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever heard anybody say, Oh no, you're empathizing with me too much. You're listening too much. Mm-hmm. You're asking too many questions to draw me out. Mm-hmm. You know? and so if you can bring that connection and if it's been a while, I would say don't dive under the epoxy eyes. Do like the sticky eyes, you know? Okay. So explain that. Explain what, what, what is it? So you got maybe there's different levels. So you got sticky eyes, epoxy eyes. Is this a, like a layering thing? It is. It is. So it can be uncomfortable to have somebody just hone in on you. Okay, hold on. So let, I'm getting a picture in my mind of the guy who, who's listening that needs this. And, you know, I'm picturing the couple that goes out. You, you see them. I, I, I saw somebody else do this. So it wasn't me. No. <laughs> so you see them over at the table and they're both on their phones, right? They're both doing, they're both doing this across the table. The only time they look up from the phone is when the, you know, when the waiter comes by to ask them something, right? But they're at their phones. So that's where they're at now. And we want to get them to that really connected place. Just give them 
you know, maybe maybe those first like, you know, like you said, if they went from that to just like, you know, epoxy, <laughs> it would be weird. So what, give them that. It feel overwhelming, right? Okay. Yeah. So what's a baby step in the right direction? All right. So you're having coffee. You're both on your phones. Baby step is put the phone down. Mm-hmm. Look her in the eyes. Even if you don't get that eye contact back. Hmm. And then just ask that open-ended question. You know, hey, honey, what what you looking at? You know, what game are you playing? Or it could be a, hey, honey, how was your day at work today? And you may get a short answer. Well, great, you got a short answer. Pick up your phone, check your email, give both of yourselves a breather. Mm-hmm. Put down your phone, look her in the eyes and do it again. And it's really, it might be a buildup. Mm-hmm. I know when I've seen people do epoxy eyes, like coffee shops used to be, well, they're what got me through grad school twice. <laughs> I look up and I would see a cut and I'd like, I'd know they were in love because mm. you know, anything could happen in that restaurant and they're just honed in on each other. Mm-hmm. So there could be a fire or whatever. And they're just glued. They're going to miss the whole thing because mm. Connected, yeah. So I would see that as the ideal. Get back to that connection point. But I love what mm-hmm. you said, where if it's been a while since you've had that mm-hmm. process of building back up to it again. Cool. Yeah. So I mean, uh, if we can give the vision of, uh, like you kind of you kind of gave me the vision of there's there's this couple that are leaning into each other across the table, but they're they're just like engaged, um, usually more her talking than him, you know, usually more he's, you know, just like present and just fully, you know, hearing her. There's stuff going on around him, but they're locked in on each other. That's the vision. That's where, that's where we really want to go. I call, I call it, um, you know, just get curious, right? Um, that, that connection, like a guy, a guy might be hearing that and thinking, I don't even know if I want that. Like, how am I even going to get to that level of, you know, I'm trying to watch the game over here. Why, you know, um, I can't imagine just being that focused on my wife. But um, I think as guys who have experienced that, uh, the benefits are huge, right? Just, it's like giving her your attention. And I know something about women, wives, that they, their biggest desire is to be known and seen and, um, and just be, you know, just be felt, you know, that presence of their man. That's what they desire more than anything. So if we can give that to them in that way, you know, but I'm thinking there's, there's like such a disconnect for a lot of guys that are just like, okay, yeah. How do I even get there? And I love the baby step. Um, but as give you one more yeah so this i love i'm really into right now this whole idea of tiny habits or small habits mm-hmm. and um just diving into the habit research mm-hmm. i love this idea of there's a trigger there's an action and there's a reward okay and i'll tell you how this worked for me so i stumbled on this by accident and then i ran into the science behind it Okay, cool. Years I wanted to write a book, started writing, 
and then had all of this head talk telling me, well, Jed, your spelling's no good. So I stopped my book, you know, ordered a um, how to improve your spelling book off of Amazon. And um, a couple months later, I'm like, okay, I need to start to write a book, started over. So I did this three times, you know, first time it was my spelling's no good. Second time it's, well, Jed, you have no idea how to publish. So jumped on Amazon again, you know, ordered a book on um, how to publish a book. Third time it was, well, Jed, you have no social media audience. You've got to build up a following first. Stopped writing my book to dive into Facebook. Um, then one day I'm back in my car out of the parking lot to pick up my kiddos. And I hear this podcaster say, if you want to be a writer, you have to write. <laughs> I was like, duh. Well, yeah, no wonder my book's not finished because learning to spell good working on my grammar, you know, <laughs> I an agent, um, building myself, none of that's going to get the project done. Mm -hmm. and so next morning I do this deal where I wake up 5am through a pot of coffee immediately after that, sit down with my cup of coffee at the kitchen table, open my laptop and begin to write. Mm. That's been six and a half years. And I still do that. Only now it's four 30 in the morning. And I've added one thing to the routine. We've gotten a cat who the only time she wants attention is 4.30 in the morning. So it is make the coffee, say hi to the cat, sit down at the table and write. Right. And coffee was a trigger. And that was like the defining key. So now let me take this to relationships. I used to get in the zone when I'd write. And Jenny would come down and she told me a couple times, like, Jed, you're so honed in, like, you forget about everything. And now my new trigger is second Jenny comes down the stairs. I'm up. Mm. Give her a hug, sit down and talk with her for a couple minutes. And then I'm back to the writing, but that's my new trigger. First, that's good. In the morning it is. That's our connection moment. Mm -hmm. so wow. Where that compounds. Mm -hmm. If we don't do that, it feels weird. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple times we've missed that. Jenny would be like, Jed, you didn't say hi to me this morning. Or she rushes off and, you know, I catch her, um, you know, 30 minutes later. I'm like, honey, you didn't say hi. And it's almost become like this running joke of mm -hmm. that's what we do. Like we wake up and first time we see each other, we connect. So good. I'm, I'm thinking about like, it's, it's really it communicates something that you're a priority and um, you know, just thinking about what makes an extraordinary couple thrive, right? As opposed to one that isn't thriving and that little thing while seems so little is so huge and to be able to, put down what you're doing and acknowledge you're an important person. Um, and it doesn't take that much time. And, but just changing the attention and changing the focus to that person and letting them know you are valuable, you are important, you are seen. Um, I can imagine doing that regularly, uh, even if it was just once a day, but multiple times a day, wow. Uh, could be huge over the long term. It's a good tip. Absolutely. 
Now, can we take that back to your football illustration really quick? Sure. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering, I don't know for sure, but I wonder if guys are thinking like, man, but if I do that, am I ever going to get through a football game? Yeah, you know, I bet they are. <laughs> yeah, but here's what, I, here's what I think. And, you know, everybody's different. So I mm-hmm. would say try it out. Mm-hmm. But there's power in knowing your loved one's there for you when you, when you need her, or in her case, Jenny knows like, Hey, when I need Jed, he's there for me. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm watching the game, she knows I want to watch the game. You know, if I'm in the middle, she knows that I want to get that done. Mm -hmm. And in some ways it may be a test or it may be a, I'm really hurting right now. And I need you in this moment. And I Mm. know you're busy and I know you've got stuff to do but can you connect with me for 30 seconds? Mm-hmm. And okay, now I'm good. Right. Go do my thing and I can let you go. So I love the brain science of this, where mm-hmm. they actually um, did CAT scans with couples in distress. And they found out physical pain and emotional pain light up the same area of the brain. Interesting. When we feel disconnected from somebody we love, it hurts. Yeah. And so it may be that your wife's saying, man, I'm hurting right now. Oh, we're connected. We're fine. All's good. Oh, mm-hmm. I've got other stuff I can do. Wow. That is good. Um, so I got a couple of thoughts going on in my head. One is I haven't even covered half of what I wanted to cover with you and i um, looking at the time. And so I want to start to land the plane, but I'm thinking, okay, we're just getting started and I'm seeing an episode two coming eventually. So uh, hopefully you'd be willing to be a guest another time so we can dive in more. Um, so, so that's the, the logistics. Uh, my curiosity is what you just <clears throat> landed on. So we, we went from talking about how separateness is so important. And now you're talking about the, some of the nuances and the benefits and the and the the technical ways to create connection. So I feel like we've done a great job of covering a good mix, and I love that. My one question I want to make sure that we get answered before we wrap up here is: What about the guy who's sitting there saying, you know, what you just said resonates so much, but you know, as far as I can understand, my wife would need that sometimes, but I'm right now hurting. As as a husband, I'm feeling that pain of disconnect, and I really want to connect with my wife, and it's not there. I don't know how. It feels distant. Um, but what can I do? Like I I'm feeling so lost and disconnected, and I and that pain resonates. How can I, you know? because we've been talking about how to kind of serve her, right? How to like reach out to her and draw her. But what if, what if it's the other way I'm feeling the, I'm the one who's feeling disconnected. She's got all this stuff going on. She seems fine and happy. I'm dying inside. What, what can I do? That's a big question and, and such an important one. You know, and I think there's two ways to go about it. One is that extreme self-care aspect where you're getting energized yourself so that you can bring that into the relationship. Mm -hmm. And then I think the other piece, and this is tough to do, but it works, works a lot of the time. 
we can take some of that pain and put it aside and start doing some connection moments, um, those wins will lead to, lead to more. What do you mean by that connection moment? Well, reaching to connect is, um, it's vulnerable. So Mm -hmm. if I'm already hurting and I reach to take Jenny's hand and she doesn't grab it back. Right. Yeah. Now, if I get up in the morning and go to connect with her first thing, first time I see her and she rushes right by, yeah. And it's because, you know, she's got an early morning job and she's running late for it. Doesn't even realize. But for me, I'm going to make that mean, oh, she doesn't want me. She doesn't like me. And if I right. mean that, that's going to hurt. And so part of it is, I think, even viewing connection differently, saying, hey, I reached for my wife today. That's a win. Whether she responded the way that I wanted her to or not, hmm. I reached. I'm going to celebrate that because reaching is a win. And if she didn't respond the way I wanted her to in the morning, after work, first time I see her, I'm going to reach again. Mm -hmm. But human beings are designed to connect. We're designed for relationships. So there Mm -hmm. might be that pushback. There might be that push away initially. But if you can work through that pain and keep pushing through and start getting those little wins, it really will get that momentum going. Cool. So I'm going to challenge you more here because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm putting myself in that guy's shoes and I've been trying that. I've been, okay, yes, I, I'm going to just count it as a win if I, if I make the effort, even though it hurts because it feels like rejection. I'm, uh, now fast forward a couple weeks. I've been trying this. I've been, you know, I've been reaching out and maybe, maybe it's not just like she's not noticing She's actually literally rejecting. Like she's saying, you know what, Scott, all you, all you think about is sex. All you're just trying to get sex from me. That's all why you're reaching for my hand, you know? Um, and she's to that place, right? Where she's sort of like turned off, uh, putting the walls up for some reason, creating distance. And I'm feeling more and more isolated, more and more alone. Like, Obviously, in this kind of relationship pattern, there's sometimes we don't know what we don't know, right? But is there, is there a tip that you have for that guy who, you know, try this? Like it, when, when, when you've done that and you've reached out, you've put the effort, and, uh, but, but it's not working. Like how do I get her heart to hear my heart? What's the door opener? What's, how do I knock on that door? Yeah, such a good question. And my heart goes out to those guys. Mm-hmm. I've been there and lived yeah, there. And, me too. Uh, just know that, that that hurts. And, you know, one, um, I think that's a good indication that probably more support is needed. You know, mm-hmm. definitely more than simply a podcast episode, but whether that's therapy or a coach or, mm-hmm. or men's group, um, but something yeah. where you got that ongoing encouragement. And then two, as cheesy as this sounds, finding a way to softly draw attention to your heart and maybe even the pain, mm-hmm. you know, 
it's a silly line, but sometimes, ouch, that hurt. Mm. You know, I really just wanted to hold your hand because I think you're hot. And um, as hard as that is to do, to say as a guy, I gotta tell you, um, the one thing that can make you smile on the inside is that's really hard to hear on the other end. When somebody, when you push somebody away and you reject them and you're, you just want sex and it's mm-hmm. I just like holding your hand and being close to you. I miss that. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Like the thought that's going to go through that person's mind and the feeling of, holy cow, I was such a jerk. Mm-hmm. And my husband really likes me and wants to be with me and just wants to hold my hand. You know, for me, it's been almost learning to smile on the inside during those moments of mm-hmm. let's just let her sit with that for a little bit and see what happens. Yeah. Because I know I've had tables turned where Jenny's looked at me and said, that was rude. And a couple of minutes later, I was walking around just like, yeah, I was such a jerk. Mm-hmm. And I have to go find her and apologize. But it takes a couple minutes for everything to register and process with me. Mm-hmm. But usually in the next, you know, five minutes or 30 minutes, I'm like, yeah, I kind of was a jerk. And that's playing in my head. Mm-hmm. So if you can find a way not to turn it into an argument and a, you know, I just think you're really hot and I just wanted to hold your hand for a minute. Mm-hmm. She's got to sit with that. Yeah. And um, sometimes that can stir up that internal change. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think getting... uh Letting letting that guard down to say, you know what, um, you know, because the tendency is, nothing, I'm bulletproof, nothing can hurt me. So especially if you haven't done that for a while or ever, and you say, you know what, I'm going to open up this, you know, this, uh, this um, armor. I'm going to release this armor for a second and show you my heart. Actually... I'm hurting right now and I was reaching out to you because I was trying to find some comfort and it hurt even more. Now I feel even more hurt. Um, and, uh, let that guard down and let it be seen. I think that's great. Vulnerability is so, so important to create connection. Um, and then the other thing you said that I really liked is, you know, I think it's really powerful in, essential for men to link with other men and that's why the awaken man community i really want to encourage anybody who hasn't uh who's listening to this who hasn't yet get into the awaken man community facebook group and then uh also joyfully married facebook group because there's where jed is and um his wife jenny and they are talking about uh, the positive aspects of relationship and marriage and focusing on the good things. And that's a great place to connect. So getting together with other couples is also powerful. So other men, other couples, knowing you're not alone, knowing you're not the only one going through this. We've all, you know, I could, I could tell your heart, you've been there. I've been there. And um, we want to encourage men uh, and couples to, you know, not just settle for that, but you know, you can do something about it. There's, there's a lot of times what you don't know, you don't know. And you can find that when you get in community. So we're wrapping up here, but I want to give you a chance Jed, uh, like any, um, any last word of wisdom that you really want to share before we go. 
Yeah, Scott. Well, one, I love it. I love what you're doing. And I can't wait to check out the Awakened Man community. Um, last thing I would share is if you are hurting, my heart goes out to you. I've been there. I've done that and know how tough that is. Um, also been on the other side where we've got six kiddos and a crazy cat and depression <laughs> from one thing to the next to the next. And holy cow, life is good. Mm. Not perfect, but very, very good chaotic mess. Mm. And, um, you know, I'm a huge believer wherever you're at, you can find that joy. You can find that hope. So I love that you're putting out tools to help guys do that. You know, I know I've been in that learning stage where I was, I told you, I was literally ordering any book that I could find, good, bad, or ugly, thinking, okay, I'm going to filter this out. There's got to be something here. So I would say keep going, keep searching. Love that you're listening to this podcast, and it sounds like you're heading in the right direction. So I would say just keep doing that. Keep pressing forward. Awesome. Well, Jed, thanks so much. I want to encourage you guys to uh, connect with Jed at Joyfully Married Facebook group, him and his wife, Jenny. And we didn't even get into the details of your uh, marriage, but uh, maybe next time we can go into that. That's something that I love to cover is just like, you know, what are you learning? What are your mistakes? What do you want to take in the future? So we'll have to cover that. That's that's the teaser for next time when we talk to Jed again on Husband of Fire podcast. Jed, thanks so much for being here. And I look forward to uh, connecting with you soon. Scott, thank you. I'm looking forward to next time. Hey, man. Thank you for listening to Husband on Fire podcast. Have you downloaded your copy of the Relationship Secrets Black Book yet? If you haven't, I don't know what you're waiting for. This is getting raving reviews. And in fact, I'm, I'm just very proud of this because I developed a system that helps husbands to restore their relationship, to get their relationship sparked back. It's a step-by-step -step system that I've literally had men pay me hundreds or thousands of dollars to coach them through this. And I put the process, the step-by-step -step process in this book, and you can go get it for free right now. It's not going to be free forever. What are you waiting for? Go get your copy at husbandonfire.com slash black book. That's husbandonfire.com slash black book. Go now.